0: Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3. Welcome back to another great episode of the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. And I have to say, I've been checking the days off the calendar for this interview. <laughs> now, as if you follow this show, you know that we give such incredible information for all of our young adults. And this is going to provide some great young adult advice today as well. However, parents... This is for you. This is personally for me as well. Uh, we have brought in Kim Minch. Now, you have seen her on NBC, Fox, CBS, ABC, just to name a few. And she also has an incredible following on social media. And you can see that she gives these incredible actionable takeaway tips because she is a certified parent coach. She speaks the language of what us parents of young adults and grown children need to hear right now. I myself have raised four. I have two amazing kids, bonus kids as well, that we like to call them. Everybody's adults. And she has really spoken to my heart while I followed her. And she said yes to being on this show. And Capri (laughs) is here with us today. Ed was unable to be with us. We miss you, Ed, when you watch this later. But Kim, welcome to the show. I know I was windy. Sorry about that.
1: Amy, I'm so happy to be here with you. And Capri, I can't wait to talk to both of you and answer any questions that you have. Kim, you have such a beautiful
0: heart and background as to what brought you to becoming a certified parent coach, which we all need. Will you share that story with us?
1: Sure. Yes. Well, I am a mom of five. At this point, my kids are kids, I say that in quotes, are between 18 and almost 36 years of age. However, My oldest son back in 2008 gave me what I call my parenting wake up call as well as my personal awakening. So we had moved from our home state of Wisconsin down to Texas for my husband's job in May of 2007. And my oldest had stayed behind. Um, He was in community college and had a girlfriend and a job and he was starting his life there. There was no reason for him to come to Texas. However, in May of 2008, so we'd been there a year. He called me and said, "Mom, I don't remember the last three days of my life, and this isn't the first time. I've spent all day recovering from an alcohol blackout, and I need help." Mm-hmm. So I had known I, there was mom instinct in here, right? Like it, yes. it was—it was a shock to me on one level, but I also had, you know, tried calling him on occasion and I wouldn't hear back from him for several days. And, you know, I kind of wrote that off to he's 20 years old and, you know, has a girlfriend and he doesn't want to talk to his mom. Um, that was part of it. But I knew even in even in his high school years, he had struggled with some anxiety and depression and having a bit of struggle getting out of bed. And, you know, he wasn't the most motivated high school student. So bottom line, when you look back, you can kind of connect the dots, not to the level of which what what was you know facing me in that moment, but there were indications. So, the next probably six to eight months were a major roller coaster of me trying to manage his um, alcoholism from twelve hundred miles away. So it it he would be able to go okay and not drink at all for a couple weeks, and then all of a sudden go completely completely off the rails and it required you know a couple of times for me to jump on an airplane and like last minute fly up to get him into medical detox or whatever the next step was he did iop in texas um close to us so i could get him to and from a couple of months into it when when things initially weren't working you go to the next step the next step mm-hmm. was iop the step after that was inpatient treatment so bottom line after inpatient treatment um He did, shortly thereafter, his dad passed away of alcoholism. And I should preface this by saying my husband is not my son's father, right? So bottom line, walking through my son's addiction with him and helping him find long-term sobriety, which essentially needed to come from him, but I was there to support him but not enable him. So it was a very difficult line to navigate And um, eventually uh, I will say fast forwarding through a lot. He is at this point, 13 years sober. He does still struggle with clinical depression and OCD. So he still has mental health that he deals with every day. However, he doesn't cope any longer, you know, with using alcohol. So that experience really caused me to think about my own parenting first Mm -hmm. The way that I had been parented and how my parents might have responded differently to this particular situation that I had with my son and Mm -hmm. how I was parenting um, my kids and not wanting to have that ever have that situation again, which there are no guarantees. But bottom line, I really took a deep dive into parenting. I went back to college. Mm I. Um, And then I went through the Jai Institute in 2016, the Jai Institute for Parenting, and have exclusively worked with parents of adolescents since that time. Now, I niched myself further when in 2021, I jumped onto TikTok to start making videos and talking to parents. And what kept coming back to me because of my own story were parents of 18 to 25 year olds who are struggling with mental health and or yes. substance use issues. So now I exclusively work with parents of that age group and they're complex challenges, right? They're, they're not simple yes. issues. Um, and I love to hold space for parents to be able to help themselves grow through the anxiety and find the courage to parent um, you know, their young adult who is struggling. Well, what's so beautiful about that that you didn't even see coming
0: as you went through your journey, not knowing you were gonna turn that around to help so many others, but we didn't know then that COVID was coming. So here we have a time that we even saw the last three years of so many situations of young adults going through mental health issues, going through that anxiety, that internal struggle that so many parents our age are saying, wait a minute, what do we do? And even what do we say? Because we didn't experience that. We didn't go through a pandemic. We didn't go through the social issues and the things that our kids do today. Myself, just for the audience to know, I have four kids between 18 and 32. So I very much identify with the things that Kim is sharing and the times that I've said, I am not a equipped for this. This is hard. This is scary. Thank you for taking that bold step to start putting your story out there because wow, what a catapult it's been as you're seeing how many identify with what you've shared.
1: Yes. I think, I think you're right. It is unbelievable. I think if I had to, I don't, I, I I'm probably biased because of the, the demographic that I work with, but if I had to say one group of individuals who is hardest hit by, social ramifications of COVID. it would be current 18 to 25 year olds and i say that because my daughter was a freshman in high school when we went into lockdown my son was graduating from college spring of 2020 so it's now these 18 to 25 year olds that i think were most heavily impacted that's why we have capri with us here today because i see you so much
0: nodding capri this was your world This is all your friends. Do you want to share a little bit from your perspective, what you've experienced?
2: Yeah, just during that time, a lot of kind of what you were talking about, just and maybe a little bit of what your son went through, not necessarily because of the same things, but just a lot of social anxiety. I know a lot of my friends experienced depression during that time and just every it felt like every kind of little thing that we faced was on steroids because that was the only thing that was in front of us at that time. And it's definitely really interesting just to see how things have played out. Um, For example, my family, we, I think, have never been closer, but we really took time to, like, come together as a family, whereas some of my other friends may have had totally opposite experiences. And being with their families for that long was not good in the long term for the relationship. So I think, a lot of people right now are either trying to strengthen relationships that they already have that kind of were faltering in the last couple of years or just because of like so much closeness with certain people have needed to find themselves outside of those relationships so it's really um hopeful to hear that there are people that are helping both parents and kids with both of that
1: yeah, yeah. i and i like to think when i help parents i i don't i i Exclusively work with parents, right? So Capri, I don't often get to talk to the young person in the situation, right. um, and but I'm also very careful to be to to weigh the fact that there's more than one perspective here. Even though I'm only hearing the parents' perspective, I am very much understanding that there is another side to this, and that even if the parents feel as if they've done everything as a parent and they, you know, not that they've been model parents. I mean, I think every parent thinks and knows that they have some challenges and they haven't been the perfect parent. Cause that doesn't exist. But I think that they feel like they've done a really good job and they can't understand why their young person either isn't moving forward or is turning that on them. And I really work with parents to understand, because one of the things when I went through this with my son was really doing some self-reflection, right? Mm-hmm. Doing some um, deep work of like, how did I contribute to this? Because my son clearly, he took the drinks, right? He, he was drinking, but I did contribute to this. And I, I don't want to get stuck in that. I don't want to like, but I do want to acknowledge where I could have done differently. And so that's what my hope is when I'm working with parents is not only to help them better understand their role in this and not to get stuck in the blame and the shame because our generation was like kind of raised on that. Right. So, so it's, it's difficult. <laughs> the reason, the reason that we have an adult population that can't, look within themselves very easily is because of the way that we were parented and the shame that was brought into that. And I think we're trying hard. And I really, I have a lot of hope for Gen X and wanting them to step in and do the necessary work so that they can repair the relationships with their current young adult children and be so much, leave such a better legacy for their future grandchildren.
0: I just resonate so much with everything you just shared because that is my mission. I, you know, my parents, they did what they knew to do at the time and what was taught to them at that time. But it's a completely different time now. And I've spent so much time saying, how can I create a different legacy? Like you just said, Mm -hmm. when COVID hit, it was interesting. I have four, my three sons are the oldest. They were all in their jobs and doing fine and trying to start their lives as they were only 20 and 22 at the time and 29 And literally the same week, they all lost their jobs because of COVID. And this is before we knew if there was going to be any support or what unemployment was going to do. And instantly I said, oh my gosh, triage. I want everybody's spreadsheets on my desk, budgets on my desk by tomorrow, because I knew at the end of the day, this was going to fall on me. And I did take that on and we were able to do some some quick navigating and brushing up on how to interview and resumes and got them back up and employed pretty quickly. But what was scary for me? Was that was uncharted territory. Here I was taking the lead and helping them and putting that time in there. But at the same time, I was terrified.
2: Mm-hmm. How
0: how do we navigate something that we don't even understand yet? Where yes. have you seen that it's healthy to tell our kids, hey, this is new for me. I don't know what to do in this situation. And I've had to recently with different times with each one of my grown kids say, this is new for me. Can you give me, something? I don't
1: know what to do. I'm here for I- you. I think it's perfectly acceptable and quite frankly, really important. Obviously you don't want to, even, even an adult child, you're, you're, you're not wanting to overshare with them that things that aren't appropriate, whether it's, you know, about your marriage or other relationships or whatever. Right. They don't, our kids don't need to be burdened with our stuff. However, I don't think there's anything wrong. And in fact, a lot right with being honest and saying like, I don't, we've never done this either. And let's face it. We went through, a long period of time where you didn't know what was going to happen next. We were all living it, and and but the brain when you're 18 years old, or you know, 14 or 15 or 16, that concept and those of us who had more life experience, we didn't have this experience, but we've been through some hard things. It's a different. The brain handles that differently. Sure. You know, and and I often think that young children didn't maybe suffer as much, simply because they look to their parents. I mean, unless their parents were really freaking out, L- little children, they they trust in and they, you know, but teenagers, they have access to a lot of information. Yeah. And, and that is definitely influential on them as well. So I think it's, it's totally suitable for a parent in any situation that they really don't know how to navigate, honestly, to be vulnerable and say like, I don't know, but maybe we can work on this together,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? And I appreciated where you said where that boundary is, where we don't overshare, but we show the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing that as you've worked with so many parents, are you seeing that help change that relationship aspect of the confidence and closeness between the parent and child?
1: Yes. Here's, here's what happens. And a lot of parents that come to me, obviously they have complex situations and I can't dumb it down to one thing, but what happens in my opinion, there's a thread of the relationship becomes very transactional in terms of the parents are very focused on what the young adult is not doing, not getting a job, not getting out of bed, not, you know, and they're, they're very focused on that. And all of the conversation tends to Start to be naggy and pushing, and that's because the parent is, first of all, they're worried that they might be carrying this young adult financially more than they longer than they want to be. They're scared. They think it's a reflection of their parenting, and maybe in some respects, in some ways, it is. However, it's there's so much more going on for young people than just the way they were parented. So. What I invite parents to do when it's gotten to that place where there's literally no buy-in, the young adult has no buy-in into the relationship because all they're ever doing is being nagged. And you know they know, they know that they're depressed. They know that they can't get themselves out of bed. Hearing that 10 times a day doesn't help the situation. Right. So I invite parents to take a step back and begin to work on just connecting with their kid. Like they've got to, if the kid is willing, <laughs> they've got to build small steps of a relationship back with them, whether it's um, I recently worked with a couple on the East coast and the dad, when the kid pre COVID, they used to go fishing together and then time, you know, and things came up and whatever. And this kid got invested in his friends and started smoking pot and all the things, right? Well, it was, it had become this transactional relationship and this constant tension with them. So I said to him, before we do anything, before we, you know, um, look at setting appropriate personal boundaries or boundaries around his behavior, you've got to reconnect with him, because he has absolutely no buy in into this relationship. So I recently got together with him again, and he and his son had gone on a couple camping trips and uh, fishing trips, and their relationship was a ton better. Now we can talk about his working with his son, because the other thing that has to happen is there's a point at which you have to stop talking at your kid and start talking with them. You have to to get to a place where you're not trying to figure out the consequences all the time. You are saying, look, we have a problem here. And the problem is that I can't continue to pay all your expenses. How can we work together To a place where you can find a way to take on some of this financial responsibility and work with them, invite them into the solution to the problem. I love
0: that. So good. Capri, I want to pull you in here because I'd love to hear your perspective of what, and you don't have to share it from your own personal story, but just generalities of those that you're around in your peer group, what you're seeing that they really are needing as well from us parents. I mean, especially with some of the advice that she's giving, are you guys really asking for this as well? And you're seeing that.
2: Well, I was just about to say that kind of reconnecting with your parents, like how in your experience, I know that you work with parents, so you probably know like what's successful in a child asking for more attention, more connection, more relationship with their parent. How should like both groups go about doing that? Just say like, Hey, look, we have a problem. Or is that maybe too confrontational?
1: I I think young people, depending on how approachable their parent is, right? I mean, if the parent's approachable, I think a young person absolutely can and should say we have a problem and here's uh-huh. here's what I'm looking for or needing. And I would hope in my own parenting that I've created an environment where that is, but I, not all parents are that approachable. Uh-huh. So I, I still think it's a worth the attempt on the young person's part, but for that young person to know if they don't get back what they need, it's on the parent. Uh-huh. And like I said earlier, we have a generation of adults who have a very difficult time looking within themselves because of the parenting that we experienced. So I'm inviting Gen X to really think about their childhood experience and what they didn't get in terms of emotional support and be willing to work on that to give their own young adults because I feel like that's what's needed. Are there occasions when Young adults can manipulate the situation, and maybe they're, you know, trying to what's the word that's so, so trendy? They're um, entitled. Hmm. I'm sure there is. But bottom line, I feel like when a parent knows themselves and when they're working on their own emotional well being, they have the ability to be more emotionally attuned and available to the young adults in their life. That's brilliant.
0: Capri, do you have another question at all?
2: I do. So you, I don't really think we've touched on it yet, but like parent to um, child, like trust. Um, I know that college is a time where a lot of people do things that their parents don't necessarily approve of, or they're just living a different lifestyle that they've grown up with. And that can cause a lot of tension between parents and child and just like maybe on other parts of the um the relationship like communication you might not be inclined to call your mom and tell her that oh you've been out partying every single weekend if that's not something you were <laughs> raised to value so how can you what do you have any advice for kind of parents and also children who are looking to be able to trust their trust each other more and strengthen their relationship in that way so they can connect more
1: i, I think we're I think for both parents and young adults, you got to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like you got like Capri, like young adults. And and I think that sometimes maybe they're nervous, not nervous about that, but they don't want to because they feel like the parent's going to like lecture back at them. Right. But I feel like if you are a parent who is working on yourself and trying to be the parent to your young adult or adult child that they need, and your young adult comes to you and says, you know, I, I, I need this. I need you to just listen. I need Uh you. I think, I think for a young adult, you got to be honest and direct with the parent, keep your voice calm, keep your tone non-critical or um, without criticism. And I, I tell, tell this to parents all the time. I need you to sound curious, not judgmental. Yes so Rainbow. it's very important young people as well and i and i look they they model in part what they learn right so it definitely probably came from mom or dad but the point is if you can stay calm and eye contact and express what you need if you aren't getting that back from if you if you still get a a um what's the word I'm looking for? A negative response back from your parent. And you've genuinely tried and stayed calm and you're really being honest and forthcoming. Mm -hmm. Um, I, there's a book I would suggest on this, quite frankly. And, and it's my favorite book and I give it to a lot of my clients, Gen X because of the way we grew up, but it's called um, adult children of emotionally immature parents. Mm -hmm. And it is, therapist recommended, and it really will help you understand, quite frankly, there are a lot of parents that don't have the ability and may never have the ability to self-reflect and to grow as individuals. And so you understanding that it's not about you, it is a character issue with your parent. And sometimes we sometimes we don't have the, the parent that we really need. I mean, that's just, you know, I can say that myself as a personal experience as well.
0: Wow. I'm getting all verklempt over here. You're hitting so many amazing, beautiful points. And especially I would imagine how wrenching this is for you all the time. You probably get personally vested with these families and seeing it. And from what you've experienced and now working with these families, how has this continually transformed you and honed in your craft of being helpful?
1: Uh, Definitely. It makes me a better parent to help other parents gives me perspective on and helps me remain. I mean, I can't, I'm the kind of person that I can't say something and not follow through with it. It just doesn't work for me. So every time I give a parent a directive, I am walking that walk. I better be. I mean, I don't, I, I, that's just who I am. So I would imagine that my kids could all point to ways in which I wasn't, always there for them or always but I think that they would also say I am a lifelong learner when it comes to parenting and I don't I can't think of a more important or impactful job and now that my youngest is going to college in just a few weeks I am so grateful although it's a lot of emotional work I am very grateful to have the ability to help other parents who are struggling because I've been a parent since 18. And it's just been my, I think that this is my purpose that I'm living out. Kim, we are a parallel in that. I as
0: well a parent since I was 18. The youngest is 18 and she started college last year. So she's the same as Capri's, Mm -hmm. her journey in college. I'm going to ask a question to you and Capri both and and Capri, if you're comfortable answering. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious if you could list one or two misconceptions right now that people have of our young adults today. Because it's my favorite age group, I absolutely adore these kids at this age. All of my daughters and sons' friends that they've been in my life, I just, I just absolutely love it. What do you feel though that the world maybe has as, as misconceptions for this age group right now?
1: Capri, go first.
2: Um, I think my biggest one is that all college, eight, well, high school, even middle school, but just like this whole age group of young adults, all we want to do is party and have fun and experiment and like yes that is large things about growing up and becoming an adult but that at least in my experience that's not anyone's sole purpose and I think that a lot of times that gets flipped on us because it's like maybe if you've done this once that means that like adults just see you as that and I think that can be really hurtful in the long run because a lot of us do want or I hope that everyone wants to you know, be successful and build themselves a career and a lifestyle that makes them happy. And I'm willing to bet that, I don't know, 80, 90% of the time, that doesn't involve all those things long-term.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Kim, what do you see as a misconception as you deal with that? It? That the younger generation is lazy. And I probably would get, I mean, I probably will get crucified by some for saying this, but I don't think that's the case. I think they have looked to their parents who have worked their butts off and worked hour work so much and, you know, to provide, you know, and, but I don't think they want that same, they, they look at their parents and they're like, they're like, why would I want to spend 80 hours a week working? So I think there are opportunities for young people now that they can make a living and not have to work so hard as we do. I think there's, you know, there's avenues that have opened up that we didn't have when we were in the 20s and 30s that, and and sometimes parents will look at that, well, gaming, you know, like, what's that like that is going to provide this huge lifestyle. And I mean... Again, I think there's a shift in the idea of parents wanting their kids to work super hard. And I worked three jobs while I was in college, and yada, da da da, and all that. And th- and these kids, they just don't understand. And I'm not I'm not saying that there aren't occasions when they could be working more or working, you know, but I am saying that I think they've looked to us and want something different, mm-hmm. and they want. They don't want to just have a job that pays the bills. I think they care deeply about um, living a life that's more in line with who they are rather than who they think people want or need them to be for them, for the parent.
0: So true. I I believe that was funny because if I could have shared what I felt the misconception, I would have also said lazy. I think that they are looking for that, the better balance. I don't want my kids to work as hard as I've worked. Because we went through recessions and the booms and all the things that got hit with us as Gen Xers that no other generation had to deal with in multiple rapid fire like we did in our building years. And also, I think sometimes when I see some of my children maybe stuck, I believe that it's a sense of realizing they're overwhelmed, not lazy. They're probably overwhelmed and not knowing which direction to go next and maybe needing that encouragement. And I think that's what you just shared is so powerful. Another thing that I love that you share, and I've seen you you mention this many times, and I'm super careful about this, even more so since you brought it to my attention, is to not ever say, when I was your age, I was already. When I was your age, I had two kids and a mortgage. Why aren't you? When I was your age, it was this. The world was different then. Can you expand on that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I would just say, um, I read a book recently, which I talk about all the time, called Failure to Launch by Dr. Mark McConville. And in that book, he talks about how um, Gen Z, is really about five years behind where we were when we were going through our twenties. And there's a re- there's several reasons for that. One of which is the cost of housing, the cost of living, um, taking longer, it's taking longer to get through college. And obviously it's hugely expensive, right. Compared to, uh, what it cost us. And, and just in general, um, they're choosing to marry later. So for all these reasons, they're about five years behind where we were. For example, I got married at 23, and that was fairly average, maybe a little young, but fairly average for our age group. Um, and now young people aren't getting married till closer to 30, Yes, choosing not to have kids until later if they have them at all, or even choosing to get married. So there's a lot of dynamics that are changing. But if you, if parents can keep in mind this is the, the world is shifting and in a different place. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It is bad when the parents feel that they have to step in and continually fund it. I can understand why a parent is angry and upset about that, but that needs to be worked on between that parent and that child on how we work together. For you to take on some of this financial responsibility because parents are looking at retirement. Like they've worked for years and they're scared that they're gonna have to continue to carry their kids. But I think if they can work on it together, it's not such an issue. We are in a shift here. We are in a shift of parenting. We are in a shift of what the younger generations want out of life. And we are, you know, quite frankly, in an area of not knowing what's next and not being, not being able to sometimes trust the information that's coming at us. So in terms of young adults' mental health, I think that weighs on them. Capri, does this give you comfort?
2: Yeah, I definitely understand that. And I think also as as a young adult, I think a lot of people are actively kind of thinking about that. Like, oh, I'm grateful for all the things my parent has given me but why do they like, and I'm using that to kind of launch my own career and whatnot, but why do they constantly want more? And you just explain that so well. And just kind of the biggest things I've gathered from this is connection, honesty, and understanding. And with those three, like you can have a great relationship or at least come to a point where you know where your relationship stands and not be hurt by it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really think it boils down to a parent pulling their ego out of like your kid is not your extension. Well, they are in a in a way an extension like physically of you. Right. But they're not here to. Um, satisfy your agenda and desire for what you needed them to be in order to pat yourself on the back as a parent. Um, I'm going to end, I, I would love to share a quote that, which Please is the do. last page, last page from my book. And it really, it was downloaded to me, be, you know, a couple years ago. And I really think it encapsulates parenting and it's our children come through us, not for us, except for the lessons that they reflect to us during their journey in an effort to grow us up along the way. So when you are having a difficult time with the young adult in your life, the question becomes what is that trying to teach you? Because every time we have a young adult who is struggling, it's an opportunity for parents to grow as well. It's an opportunity for everybody to grow. So instead of looking at it like it's my kid's problem, it's my, you know, they need to go to therapy, whatever, everybody needs to be working on it. If there's a problem in the family, it's, everybody's, it's everybody working together. So beautifully said. We have a comment here. Pamela
0: Aubrey, these are such great points. I feel your message is so important for parents and kids, Kim. Oh. It's incredible. Thank you so much, Pamela, for joining us. We're putting your website up here as well, as we've been listing here, go to, I'm telling everybody, please go to TikTok, go to Instagram and find Kim because <laughs> you will get those daily nuggets. I think both kids and parents should be following everything you're putting out. What I love so much, Kim, is this yes. isn't just you sat behind a textbook for years and decided that you created this formula. You have eaten slept and breathed this. Yeah. In fact we both get it. We've been parents since we were 18. You have watched the dynamics unfold before your eyes with your own kids with other families that you've worked with and you put in the hard work and I just um can't thank you enough for what you are bringing to the world and the lives that you are impacting. I could see Capri actually lift up and just <laughs> I think you just felt validated today, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Yay. Okay. Well, I and that that helps me to know that I'm on that I'm on task, right? That I'm you know that I'm not only aligned with what parents need, but that I can understand young people as well. So, Capri, I'm really grateful for all the comments and the questions that you've had today. Everybody, please reach put- Yes, we are going to put your website
0: into the show notes. Get the book. Get the book. Get the book. We're going to make sure those resources are there. Kim, we would love to have you back on again sometime. I really don't. Don't wait. Doesn't he, she need to meet Ed, Capri? Like this was a practice oh round, but wait till Ed is in here. Ed, just wait. <laughs> Kim, you are a light in this world. Thank you Thank for your you. vulnerability, for sharing your story, and for empowering all of us pa- parents
1: out here the way that you are. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed our conversation today. Capri, will you take us home?
2: Of course. What a great... um conversation we had and I'd like to circle back to something you said in the very beginning which was I don't work with kids directly I only work with their parents but in the last 30 minutes I think that is can be farther from the truth by working with parents you are changing kids lives and that is so incredible just that you're able to kind of be that connecting piece between children and Re, or a children, a child in their parents' connection and relationship, and just rekindling that so important. The work you're doing. Thank you for taking time out of your day to come chat with us. And everyone, um, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow us to hear more content. And don't forget to take a look at Kim's book, Becoming Me While Raising You. So thank you so much for joining us today, Kim.
1: Thank you. Really appreciate that.